When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly. Welcome, my friends, to the Tuesday edition of Bo Snurdly's Rush Hour. If you want to be on the program today, 800 848 WABC is the number to call, 800-848-9222. And as usual, the news cup runneth over. News on the speaker's race, news on the Trump trials, news from the war overseas with Israel and Hamas. And I have a whole stack of news stories that I did not get to could not get to. Some of them are from today. Others we won't get to maybe until a podcast or this weekend. Let us start with what you already know, no doubt, if you have been listening to the news. Tom Emmer has been elected the next guy to stand up in front of the House and beg for votes. He needs 217 votes if everybody's present. Uh, Doubtful. Could happen. Could happen, House Republicans. The headline in for the headlines all over the place are one way or another like this. Or if not the headlines, the content in the news stories. House Speaker Race Whip Tom Emmer elected as next speaker nominee, but faces challenge to unite two hundred and seventeen dysfunctional. Republicans on the floor, dysfunctional. I would say that the function is going quite well. They're they're holding to a process. They're committed to a process. It's going. He captured 117 votes, less than Jim Jordan. Uh, And it goes. Republicans say the mail have now burned through three speaker candidates since Kevin McCarthy's booting. First, Steve Scalise, as you know. And, of course, uh, Emmer has faced anti-Trump allegations. He is, by all means, a moderate on some issues. And we shall see. There were also reports that Byron Donalds had dropped out of the race. The Washington Times reported that. 
one of my good friends, uh, Kerry Pickett, Susan Ferriccio, both of whom I have talked to in the past, had that story. And there was another story that reported that Byron had dropped out, but I was looking for uh, substantiation from him, and I didn't find it by the time the show had began. I'll go back and check if I can during a commercial break. Uh, your call, whether you think Emmer would be a good pick for the House, his allies are making it clear that he wants to avoid the public spectacle. In other words, he, he, before he goes to the floor, he wants to make sure he has the votes if that's possible. He's a whip, after all. And for those of you that don't know, that's the whip's job. The whip is to whip up votes for the party on issues. He's a numbers guy, good with the votes, knows how many votes are for and against. So maybe we will see a vote tomorrow. Maybe he won't come to the floor until he figures he either have has the votes or can't get the votes. And, of course, there's the usual, we can't waste any more time. Republicans, Congress cannot afford to waste any more time, said Representative David Joyce, Republican in Ohio, one of several Republicans, pushing a short-term plan, plan, uh, plan to empower this guy, Patrick McHenry, another one of the McPhail brothers, uh, to allow the chamber to resume votes on the floor. You know my take on it. I don't care. Let them take as long as they need. The New York Times had an earlier story today, which is, I'm sorry, yes, they did. It was the New York Times that kind of gave you a run-through of all of the eight. Since then, there have been more that have dropped out. That's a bio. So that's that. Michael Cohen, Donald Trump came face to face. His fixer, the guy that Donald Trump has called a rat, were in court today. This is in this bogus case brought up with uh, Tish James. Tish. James against Donald Trump and his children trying to destroy his family. Cohen testified that Donald Trump ordered him to increase the value of his assets based on arbitrarily selected numbers. He says all of this usually started with a phone call from Donald Trump's assistant, Rona Graff, calling Cohen to his office. He'd come into the office, he said, the topic was a statement of financial condition. He'd look at the total assets. He would say, I'm actually not worth $4.5 billion. I'm really worth more, six. Okay. Then he would direct Donald and I go to go back to Allen's office and return after we reach, uh, achieve the desired goal. We'll see whether the word of a convicted felon, Mr. Cohen, who is of course, in the pocket, in the hands of the persecutors, the prosecutors of Donald Trump, will prevail with the judge or jury. Former attorney from Donald Trump, this has not been a good day for the Trump camp in legal matters, I would assume, but who knows the way it will work out eventually. Jenna Ellis. This is now shifting to the case in Georgia. Jenna Ellis, former attorney for Donald Trump, has 
is, has uh, taken a guilty plea in Fulton County Superior Court for trying to overturn the 2020 election in Georgia. She broke down in tears. She cried. She wept. She sobbed. Proclaiming that she's a Christian, that she relied on the vice, advice of others while challenging the election. She's a lawyer. She's a lawyer, and her defense is, I listened to, they all told me to do it, so I did it. 38 years old, she cut a deal with prosecutors. One count of aiding and abetting false statement in writing. She's, who is facing other serious charges, anti-racketeering laws, of course, the RICO statute. She's going to get off with no jail time, five years probation, $5,000 fine, 100 hours of community service. She's also going to have to grovel and write a letter of apology to Georgia voters. I'm sure the voters out there can't wait to get their hands on Jenna Ellis's letter of apology. Maybe they'll forgive her. She's also part of the deal going to testify against Donald Trump. She says she takes her responsibilities as a lawyer very seriously. I relied on others. That's These two sentences go back to back. Listen to what she said. I am an attorney who is also Christian. Okay, let's throw that in the mix. I take my responsibilities as a lawyer very seriously. I relied on others. <clears throat> How does that take it? Okay. Including lawyers with many more years of experience. Oh, I'm a young lawyer, so uh, I'm just, uh, you know, a not-so-bright girl, and I relied on the old ones to tell me what to do here. And I, really? This is your admission. She relied on others, including lawyers with many more years of experience, to provide her with true and reliable information, especially since her role involves speaking to the media and to legislate. Legislators, she cried, she wept in front of the judge. What I did not do but should have done, Your Honor, was to make sure that the facts the other lawyers alleged to be true were, in fact, true. They lied to me, and I went out and repeated the lie. In the frenetic pace of attempting to raise challenges to the election in several states, including Georgia, I failed to do my due diligence, I believe. In and I value election integrity, and if I knew then what I know now, I would have declined to represent Donald Trump in these post-election challenges, she told the judge. She went on to say that she felt deep remorse and that she apologizes to the people of Georgia. You have not heard the last of Jenna Ellis yet. She will, if this case moves forward, one of three now. you got three that have made deals. Sidney Powell, Guy Cheeseborough, and now Ellis. Three lawyers have all tucked it in, said, yep, we're going to testify against Donald Trump. Former President Donald Trump's lawyers, at least the ones that he has now, that are not turncoats on him, has told the judge in his 2020 election case 
that the case should be dismissed as a violation of the Constitution and an instance of vindictive prosecution. That's we no longer in Florida. I mean, in uh, Georgia, we went from New York with this Trish, Trish, James case, down to Georgia with the Fanny case, and now we're back up in D.C. with this one. Trump's lawyers told Obama-appointed U.S. District Judge Tanya Chutkin, another one of these judges who railed against Donald Trump, before he ever set foot in her courtroom, and of course, that's okay, the way that the justice system now operates. Donald Trump's lawyers told Judge Tanya Chutkin that the prosecution exercised an astonishing display of doublethink by simultaneously stating the former president has the right to speak publicly about his belief that there was election fraud and then by asserting that by doing so, he sought to defraud the United States, oppress rights, obstruct an official proceeding. They also argued he can't be retried in court because he was acquitted of the same offenses by the United States Senate in that dumb impeachment trial, which is interesting case. We shall see. We shall see how this one. That could be grounds, I hope, for an appeal. Okay, that's some of the domestic news here. I want to get to some of the other news, so I'm going to beg your indulgence. There are some other news stories I want to touch on today. Let's first now go overseas. Israel, this story is in the Daily BS today. Israel is prepared now to stall the Gaza assault which is what the Biden administration is demanding so that there's more time to negotiate some of the hostages, the release of the hostages that are still being held. Hamas has kidnapped over 200 civilians in the attack. You heard Rudy say the number could be closer. I think Rudy said 500. The Palestinian Health Ministry, if you can believe them, if they are a credible source, this is a Reuters story, says that in Gaza they're reporting the 24-hour death toll has killed 700 Palestinians. United Nations agencies pleaded, quote-unquote, on our knees on Tuesday for emergency aid to be allowed unimpeded into Gaza, saying more than 20 times current deliveries were needed to support the Palestinian population after two weeks so far of bombardment. In a statement released on social media, the Palestinian Health Ministry, again, if you find them a credible source, says that at least 5,791 Palestinians have been killed by Israeli bombardments. I wonder if they included that of the hospital that they blamed on Israel, that only they and Rashida Tlaib seem to believe actually was the fault of Israel. 
The Palestinian Health Ministry says at least 2,360 children have died. They say 704 people were killed in the previous 24 hours. The death toll is, no doubt, rising. That one can believe. There was another story today that said, and I I don't know which of the stories I read so many during the day, but I did read this, a story that had contained in the content of the story an assessment by experts that say when this invasion happens, we could be looking at the most fierce ground-to-ground hand fighting since World War II because of the number of Hamas fighters in Gaza and conditions there. They are expecting, these experts say, the most fierce ground fighting since the end, since World War II. And they are predicting it could be all kind of ugly. You heard Dove Hyken on the uh, program yesterday say that one thing for sure, they are going to, Israel is going to decimate Hamas. WABC. Yeah, Jerry Edmondson, writer. We've got a lot of good music today. It's his birthday from Steppenwolf. He wrote this. Well, he had the hit single, Born to be Wild. You know, this one sold over 25 million records. Born to be Wild on WABC Talk Radio 77. Coming back, your calls. 800-848-WABC, part of the program. There is some amazing news out here that does not pertain to either the speaker's race or the war. I'm going to get to, or Donald Trump, I'm going to get to some of it today, I promise. Coming right back, don't go away. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at BeatTheStigma.org. The Rush Hour is on the air. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. 
1962 on this day. Godfather of Soul. Back then, he was simply known as the hardest working man in showbiz, Mr. Dynamite. James Brown recorded live at the Apollo. Now, Rolling Stone actually gave a black guy some credit back then. They listed this as um, number 24. This is back in 2003. 24 of the greatest 500 albums of all time. This one. The album Live at the Apollo, James Brown, recorded this day on in 1962. Yeah, James Brown lit it up. A good time to remind you folks, uh, 77 WABC listeners, all of, all of our wonderful listeners, uh, tomorrow, please join us. 77 WABC, Ramsey Mazda, Back to Blue, with special programming all day long. That is tomorrow. Then to all police officers everywhere, we thank you for your honor, dedication, as you protect and you serve. Folks, you can download the 77 WABC app. Listen all day tomorrow as WABC and Ramsey Mazda back the blue. All right. I mentioned that there are some other stories besides we have covered the Trump trials we have covered today for you the latest on the speaker's race. And we have covered, to a degree, what's going on across the oceans with the war in Israel and at Gaza. And believe me, there's a lot more we could spend all day on any one of these stories. There are some other issues in the news that you may or may not be aware of. There is a strike, a countrywide strike that is happening. Schools, shops, banks, all shut down today. Women went on strike in an entire country. The women are on strike. It happened over in Iceland. It's happening in Iceland. Icelanders woke up to all-male news teams announcing shutdowns across the country, public transport delays, hospitals understaffed, hotel rooms left unclean, trade unions. The strike's main organizers have called on women and non-binary people to refuse paid and unpaid work. And they're asking women not to even do chores as part of the strike that they are having. Get this, about 90% of the population, the working population in Iceland, belongs to a union. 90%. Prime Minister Catherine Jacobs-Dotir, the Prime Minister went on strike too in her own country. The Prime Minister, this gal, the, I'm sorry, gal is sort of, the woman went on strike. And she said that she, well, she expected other women in her cabinet to do the same. They're elected to the highest, the women, even the Prime Minister, I'm going on strike. 
Now, what are they striking for? Why are they striking? Well, they say they want equal wages and an end to violence. Equal pay and no more violence. That's what they're striking for. They already have laws on the books demanding parity. They've had them for a while. But there you go. Big story in the Federalist today. Someone has actually tracked the amount of money that BLM raised after 2020. How much money was pledged to them? The story is, under the headline, BLM executed a historic shakedown of American corporations. The information was provided by Claremont Institute Center for the American Way of Life. Let me just quiz the staff briefly. Oh, yeah, that's all. Here we go. I just want to guess. It's historic amount of money. How much do you think BLM cleared, according to this story, in donations? Just take a wild guess. But I'm not expecting you to have the right answer. $900 million. Okay. Philip, how much? That's a little uh, lofty. I thought it was going to be probably around like $20 million. All right, T, how much? Just shout it out. How much? $2 billion? Everybody's wrong. Here's the number. The famed consulting firm, McKinsey and Company, thinks the number is far larger than $83 billion in pledges and contributions that was raised. They calculated that from May 2020 to October 22, companies pledged about $340 billion to racial equality, uh, racial equality, specifically for black Americans, after the murder of George Floyd. Three, somebody tell Curtis, because he's going to go on the war path. $340 billion reparations, my I'll go tell him. <laughs> tell him the stories in the Federalist today. I want him to get a hell. I want. He should. He's got to look at that. Oh, man, I haven't heard this in such a long time. 1944, Ted Templeman was born. Harper's Bazaar. Brought you the 59th Street Bridge song. That would be now the Ed Koch Bridge song. Feeling groovy. Born today, 1944. Ted Templeman here on WABC. Coming back, yes, your call is going to be part of the program. Don't go away. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. <laughs> oh, my friends, my friends, you're not going to believe this. 
Yes, you will. <laughs> this is hysterical. Um. <laughs> oh. Um. We've had a change in the speaker's race since the beginning of the show. You know, I reported to you that, uh, uh, yeah, the nominee, Tom, Tom, yeah, Emmer, uh, yeah, well, let's do the Michael Jackson citation first. This song was at number one in 1980. When was it? It was, uh, in 19, it stayed at number one for like a week or something. 87. 1987. Two weeks, it was number one. I remember when this came out. Everybody was like incredulous. All of a sudden, here's nice little Michael Jackson all dressed up in black leather. Man, he's bad. I'm bad. Yeah, okay. Thank you, Mike. You know, I love MJ, so I'm not. Okay. My friends, Tom Emmer has dropped out. This is just the best. This is the best ever speakers race ever. Ever. Um. <laughs> you wait. I cannot wait to read the headlines tomorrow after the, the, the liberals go ballistic on what a clown show this is, et cetera, et cetera. How dysfunctional. And of course they're going to attack poor, poor, Poor Matt Gates. He's going to be pilloried all over again. And the hard line, watch this, the hard line Republicans. Now, I had read a comment on social media from a well-known activist whose name I will leave out of it. And this well-known activist had said that Donald Trump had issued a statement uh, shortly, it was about an hour ago, calling Tom Tom Emmer's a globalist, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and warning people that they shouldn't vote for him for speaker. It would be a disaster. So, if indeed he said it, the reason I didn't report it is because I, I didn't see the actual statement from Donald Trump, and I just and I was so busy trying to organize all the rest of the stories, I didn't have time to look for it, and I wanted to just make sure it was accurate. I'm like, okay, I'll find it. I'll, I'll get it during the show or after the show. Whatever. We've got till tomorrow before the vote is held. And, you know, but apparently it's back to the drawing board. Yay. Now, I must also say, if any of you follow me on Twitter at Bosnerly, S-N-E-R-D-L-E-Y, I was, I, I took a number of uh, stances, I've been talking about this all along, and one of the things that I said in my timeline earlier was that they should go back to the drawing board because Tom Emmer is not going to be it. And uh, this one of the ni nice guys just said, hey, no, no, the Democrats will help him. Uh, Democrats have pledged if it's Tom Emmer, they're going to help him, help him out. And I said, I don't believe that. I, I think the Democrats are in this to watch this show. They're enjoying the entertainment. They're not going to give any support to any Republican here. But, 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 we'll see whether you're right. They're not going to help him. So he could not. Now, now, maybe they were going to help him. And he realized that he did not want to be the speaker under those conditions. That would have been a, 
curious, I guess, uh, position to have. But no matter what, and we'll find out in a matter of hours, we shall find out exactly what happened. But that was the shortest nominee for speaker we've had so far. He didn't even make it to the floor vote. So, Byron, if you dropped out, drop back in. Because you may have a chance. Yeah, you only got 35 votes. But so what? Maybe, maybe they'll figure this out by the end of the day. They have to elect somebody, according to them, because the pressure, you know, that's what the mainstream press is saying. They must do this. This has to stop. So we'll see. But for right now, back to the drawing board, guys. And am I glad that Tom Emmer, look, I don't know Tom Emmer. He may be a wonderful guy. He may be just peachy keen, tickety boo, and all the rest. But I did not want anyone to be speaker that is from the ilk, from the ilk of the speakerships that we've had before. And he was the whip under Kevin McCarthy. I think we need new blood in that speaker's chair. Somebody entirely new. And I pose the question. I know Elise Stefanics has a lot of folks that are support supporting her that listen to this show, and Elise has been on. I asked the question earlier, why has no one, why has no one put Elise Stefanik's name in nomination? Why is it only guys in the Republican Party? Republican Party has plenty of women. Please not Nancy Mace or someone like that. Of course, it'll never be someone like MTM, uh, MTM or or MTG, or it won't be uh, uh, that Bobert woman out of out of uh, Colorado. But there are women in the Republican Party. Why is it that we have seen only men? Why is it that only men have been nominated thus far? Oh, this is just delicious, though. So there goes that. Nice try. On that happy note, we should take some calls. Let's start with Al in Yonkers. Hello, Al. How are you doing? Good, Bo. Good afternoon. Uh, yeah, I was surprised to hear the news about the uh, majority whip. I was hoping they would co- coalesce around him, the uh, Republican caucus. I'm just uh. wondering. I hope it's not the case. But do you think he might have a Livingston problem? Do you remember Livingston? The I do remember, was- yes. And right before then, they came out with Livingston's bedroom problem, and that was the end of him. These days, a bedroom problem is an enhancement. Back then, Republicans were still like, oh, no, you were unfaithful to your wife? Oh, no, you have to go. Well, Bill Clinton kind of took that off the decks for all politicians. Because then it became, ah, look, it doesn't interfere with his job. So what if he's dorking the ang- the the intern in the White House? So what if he's playing with cigars with the intern and that he was doing? Yes. You didn't know that, Diego. I did not know that. Yes. Bill Clinton used the intern as a humidor. That's the only thing I'll, that's the best way I can describe it. I got it. Ruined a perfectly good show. Anyway. Um, yeah. And, and then, and then he said he didn't do it. And then of course came the blue stain dress. 
The guy, did you know that? Did you know how he got busted, Diego? Because you're young. We can go back. And you didn't remember the scandal in in real time because you weren't here. I was not here, no. Right. So here's what happened. Bill Clinton came out, and he did this great press conference, and he's, he's, I did not, pointed that old bony white finger at America, I did not have sex with that woman, Monica Lewinsky. Now I have to get back to work. Right, all these women in his cabinet and everybody, they all surrounded him. We believe Bill Clinton. We believe Bill Clinton. Well, only problem was Bill Clinton had left stains on the blue dress. That I did hear about, yeah. The blue stained dress. And they were his stains. So anyway, all of that to say, to answer Al, and Democrats were fine with all of this. They were fine with the fact he was sleeping with somebody other than Hillary. In fact, some of them said so much as, well, I mean, Hillary, I would. No, I'm not going to go there. Um. Anyway, what happened after that? It became commonplace. Sexual peccadilloes. It took a while before Republicans started ignoring them, too. Look, we just had this Democrat in Virginia, although she wasn't out of bounds of her marriage. She was performing sex acts on pay-per-view, and she's still running. Anything goes if you're a Democrat with sex now. So those peccadillos, those are a thing of the past, at least for most people. Now, Al, let me ask you a question if you're still on the line. Who would you like to see as the next person in the gallery? You know, I would say right now, I mean, they won't. My choice was, I thought, because of uh, succession, and I thought he could have worked with all factions, but I apparently was wrong. I wanted to see uh, Scalise, but I I don't think that will happen at this point. Yeah, Scalise is not going to make it. Jim Jordan's not going to make it. Here's what I think they should do, just for S and giggles. I think that they ought to renominate Kevin. <laughs> just let's do that again, and have them say no to Kevin again, and then get, look. This is turning out to be a lot more fun than I thought it would. But anyway, uh, thank you, Al. I appreciate it. Let us go to um, is it Celias in Staten Island? How are you? So, how you doing? Well, I'm with Good. you on that one. Just put Kevin back in there. That'd be great. <laughs> you know. But mm-hmm. uh but uh what did you call to talk about? Well, a lot of people don't believe me that the cells are already here and they're waiting to strike just like they did in Israel and the only resistance they're going to hit here is a lot more of us got guns. When well, they start kicking indoors, we're going to start kicking back. There have been reports of the number of people on the terror watch list that have gotten through, and they are alarming. And so when you say there are cells already here, I think most people would say, yeah, that sounds about right. David, in Staten Island, you're on WABC, James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdly, on Speaker Day. Here we are. Bo, you have the yes. view of <laughs> you're getting me to laugh on some of your statements. I would like to make a comment regarding to what's going on in Georgia and Trump here in New York. I think there's a lot of extortion going on with the Democrats forcing Republicans to switch sides on against Trump. 
And I think even that relates to the possibility that Trump himself had to let uh, Hillary get away with it because she was probably also being uh, threatened somehow or another. I think that Trump did not pursue anything with Hillary because he was cautioned and advised, oh, that's terrible, we can't do that. You won. We can't turn this into a third world nation. You can't go after your political opponents. They only do that in banana republics. And he, wanting to be somewhat presidential, yeah, you're right, let's not do it. I don't think it was because they had anything on him. But the way he is being persecuted now, and the way they're turning his, his former lawyers on him, This is going to get a lot uglier before it gets better. Let's go to Bobby in Manhattan. Bobby, you're on Boston Early's Rush Hour on this day, Speaker Day, here where the speaker's race gets going. Mm -hmm. I uh, looked at Donald Trump's reports, and there was two companies that investigated for the side that's charging him, and they couldn't find anything where he overpriced any property. And the only property that sold at that time was one piece that sold, and it sold for 100000 more than what he listed it for. So he didn't raise his prices on anything. It's a lie. Just well, like I'm going to tell you something. Years of stuff. Look, look, let's remember this, shall we? In the beginning and end of any discussion concerning these charges that Letitia James has brought against Donald Trump, even before he was president, once he began running, she was out publicly saying that she was going to get him. Didn't know on what, but she was out to get him. So... If you have the, 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 the state of New York, the head law enforcement officer, and this, well, aside from the governor, but the state attorney says, I want to get you, and you're a business owner in New York, chances are they're going to keep digging and digging and digging and digging and digging and find something to get you on, and we are seeing that here. She announced before anything that this this was a selective prosecution. It was a political prosecution. She didn't like his politics. She was going to get him, and she's doing it. It's time for us to check in with Lou Dobbs, ladies and gentlemen, here on WABC. This day, 2017, American pianist. And singer-songwriter Fats Domino passed away, 89 years old, in Harvey, Louisiana. And this, of course, one of his most famous, Blueberry Hill. Coming back after Lou Dobbs in a few words, more of your calls. Keep it right here. This is The Rush Hour with Bose Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. 2018, Wawa Watson passed away. Melvin Reagan. You know what? I never knew his real name until now. Because that's all everyone referred to him as. Great guitarist. Wawa Watson died 67. Became a member of the Funk Brothers with Motown. Worked with all kinds of groups, including this... 
The Temptations, Papa Rolling Stone on WABC. Okay, so during the break, I checked around the news services. The Daily Mail is reporting that one of the reasons Tom Emmers dropped out is because of Donald Trump. That thing that I said to you before, Donald Trump came out slamming against him on Truth Social this afternoon. So this vote did not even make it to the floor. He's done. Back to the drawing boards. Boy, this could be an all-nighter in D.C. Ha <laughs> ha, it's so funny. You know what time it is. Yes, it's time, ladies and gentlemen, for us to check in with you. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, presents Rapid Phones. Let's start with Joy in Brooklyn, New York. How are you, Joy? Hi, how you doing? So I just want to say we are doomed. The Democrats are a bunch of jackasses. The Republicans are jackasses. No matter what people do in New York City, they're incapable of voting Republican or even just voting for someone moderate. The same people, the people with common sense, we are outnumbered by the idiots and the ignorant. And when I say ignorant, I don't have, I'm not speaking of education. I find some of the most educated people, and I'm a pretty educated person without saying what, the most educated people are pretty usually stupid and live in a bubble. So we are doomed. We can only help for individuals. I, Joy, let me just say, I understand your sentiment quite well, but let me just say something to you. Things are a-changing. Uh, right now, I have referred you to a story the other day that was in the L.A. Times, and there was one yesterday. This is the one from the L.A. Times. The left has really let us down why many American Jews feel abandoned. That was in the L.A. Times. There was a sim- similar sentiment. And then there was another shocker, and this is an NBC story from two days ago. Not safe anywhere now. American Jews flocking to gun training classes. These are liberals. These are leftists. They are becoming awakened by this incredibly heinous anti-Semitism that is spewing forth from the left. Let us not be secure. Let us not be secure in the belief that things cannot change. Things can change. And I'm not saying they will in one election cycle, but we are seeing some gradual changes now that are happening in different political populations, including black young men, by the way, who voted for Trump last time in, over, in, in numbers that surprised the left, and those numbers are just increasing. There are shifts happening within subgroups in the electorate, and that is for real. Let's go to Staten Island, Sal. You're up next. Quickly, Sal, what's on your mind? Let's all pray to Christ Jesus for the return intact of the hostages, for the crushing of the evil Hamas. And remember, there is, like I echo the other Staten Islanders, there are cells all throughout Staten Island and all throughout New York and America. They have to be taken into custody, fingerprinted, and they're throwing rocks at cops and shooting fireworks. Those are felonies, Bo. Locked I know. And the, and the police need to be very aggressive not doing what they usually do when protests erupt from the left, which is to arrest a few of them, then go to court and hand them millions of dollars after court cases said, oh, you were too brutal. Viviana in Brooklyn, you're up next on WABC. Hello there. Um, Mark Levin has put out the Hamas Network in America, a short history. Council on uh, Care, Council on American Islamic Relations has been put as an umbrella. You have the SJP, which is Students for Justice and Peace. 
That's what's operating in our in our um, university. And Viviana, my dear, and I'm going to have to cut you there, but you said Mark Levin put it up. Mark is on Twitter. Mark is here on WABC each and every night. And by the way, there have been people reporting on CARE and the role that they have had in American body politic now for years. And I'm glad Mark has taken up that mantle, too. That's it for today, my friends. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you, your family, your loved ones, especially in these troubling times. Love and gratitude for your being here with me and allowing me to be with you. God willing, we'll do it again tomorrow at 4. And we'll see you then. Bye. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.